I am thrilled that TOG24, the clothing company who have single-handedly kept me and my family cosy and warm this winter, are sponsoring this podcast. They've also given me a discount code for you to spend on yourself or buy a gift for someone you love. My TOG24 coats are the warmest things I own. They weigh nothing, but they're so cosy that my mum actually refers to hers as her sleeping bag. As in, I'm going out, can you pass me my sleeping bag? My husband and I have matching walking boots, which isn't just cute, it means we both have warm toes while we're whizzing around our local nature reserve in zero degree weather. We take their portable pop-up dog bowls with us on trips and long walks, and our pups have a puffer each to ward off the cold. You know that thing where you get so cold you can't hold your phone, you get a bit cranky and you don't warm up for the rest of the day? Well, I don't anymore. The discount code is BRAVE10 and it's valid across their website from now until the end of the year. Make this a cracker of a Christmas with TOG24. Hello and welcome to Brave Little Podcast, the podcast where we talk about those life events and decisions so many of us face that require a healthy dose of courage. I'm your host Jess, you might know me from social media as Human Jess, and I've learned everything I know about courage from my little dog. She's also called Jess, but more commonly known as the Worried Whippet. When was the last time you thought about quitting your job or walking away from your career entirely? I'm willing to bet that a big proportion of people listening to this podcast have thought about it this year and that some of you even think about it lots, or all the time. At the end of 2022, I did this. My contract in my job ended, and instead of finding another, I decided to have a go at turning my Instagram page into my job. It worked, and I'm pleased to say that I have no inclination to quit this one yet. I've done it before too, though. I've done what my friend Flo refers to as the naked quit. Quitting a job that was making me miserable, but with no safety net and nowhere to go next. Maybe not my smartest move, but a necessary one at the time. My guest today, Hannah Witten, is in the process of quitting her job very publicly in front of an audience of close to a million people on the internet. It's not your usual quitting experience, which makes it pretty cool to watch. Hannah's been making YouTube videos since 2013. That's a really long time in internet years. Her niche is sex and relationships, and her channel is a massive library of information and experiences around everything and anything to do with those topics. It's an extraordinary resource that's influenced all corners of the sector. Before I tell you about Hannah's big quit, first I should tell you that I've spent my whole career up to this point working for organisations, mostly non-profits, that help people with their sexual and reproductive well-being. STI testing, contraception, menopause, sex-related therapies, you name it, I've helped market it. So I've been following Hannah for a long time, and talking to her today was a big, exciting moment for me. When I told my husband I was recording this episode with her, he said, oh my god, do you remember when we went to see her win that FPA award when we first met? She's one of those content creators who's become a big part of my journey. And her videos on her channel, More Hannah, about running a content creation business, were a big part of my own decision to quit the world of traditional work and do stuff like this for a living. Anyway... After 13 years making sex and relationships content, Hannah has decided to step away from her 734,000 follower YouTube channel to make a career elsewhere. She'll keep making some non-sex related videos, but she's planning to try on different hats as a producer, consultant, mentor, and who knows what else. She spent years making this decision and has thought it through from every angle. If you're thinking about taking a big leap, quitting your job and doing something different, then this episode is for you. No one has given this kind of thing more thought than Hannah, and she's executing it beautifully. I like to start these episodes with something brave my little dog, Jess the Worried Whippet, has done this week. She's a bit poorly today. As I write this, she's in her bed next to my desk, having a well-deserved nap. 
I don't think I can claim this as brave necessarily, but I really admire the way she asks for, or just takes, whatever it is she wants or needs. We could learn a thing or two from dogs. She's tired, she takes a nap. She wants a cuddle, she's going to ask you increasingly loudly until you take heed. She's hungry, she's going to try her absolute hardest to get her hands on some food. There's no beating around the bush. Anyway, she's going to be totally fine. She's just got an upset tummy, but let's all admire how bravely she's currently having a snooze. I hope you enjoyed this episode with Hannah today. It was a treat to record. Hannah, can you tell me about something brave that you've done this week? I recently announced the end of like a big part of my career. (laughs) (laughs) which took a long time and yeah I I feel like I had to be quite brave to do that and how's your week been it must have been a big one yeah it has been a big week um but also like the relief the relief was able to sit in because yeah that's something that I've known for months now and it's exciting (laughs) that other people finally know and it's also kind of like makes it real in a way as well, like I could have always like changed my mind if I wanted to. I mean, I could still now if I want to. Um, I don't, which is good because it's confirmation <laughs> that it's the right decision. <laughs> yes, you've committed, you're all in. Yeah, 100%. Fantastic. So for people who um, are being introduced to you today for the first mm. time, um, can you sort of resume your career to date and tell us exactly what it is that you're quitting? <laughs> oh my goodness, yes. So I started making YouTube videos in... 2011 and that was just like you know fun hobby gradually became this like part-time job um I started making a lot of videos about sex and relationships and that became like a big passion of mine around sex education um then it became my full-time job um and you know it's yeah it's 12 years later and I've feel like I've been through so much on the internet um and in life and it's just gotten to the point where this year was like the year where I was like I need to step away from this like I feel like I'm done I feel like I need this break um but it's it was specifically around like the sex ed YouTube channel and, and podcast that I do um that I felt like the closure was necessary on because I'm still making videos on um, my more Hannah channel which I started in 2019 which is more like a lifestyle channel but yeah it's it's been a wild ride I can't (laughs) sometimes I'm kind of like I can't believe I'm actually doing this because it's something that I flirted with for years or like every so often I would have like a panic of like I'm just gonna quit YouTube. Like, I hate it. Like, this is terrible. This is really difficult. This isn't fun anymore. Or I'm bored or like whatever it might be. But I would always come back to it because there was always that joy and that excitement there and that passion there. And I think I just got to a place where actually I'd tipped far over. I tipped over the other side. There was like, I got to that point of no return basically. Yeah. Totally. And I've been following you for a long time and watching your More Hannah channel, which I would Mm. totally recommend to anybody in our industry, because I think it's rare to get a look at. We see so much of the front facing Mm -hmm. um, world of like content creation and influencing, but it's quite rare to get a peek 
behind the scenes. Um, so we love the Mohana channel. And over the years, I've seen you say numerous times that this is something that you've struggled with. Sort of the churn mm. of this job is yes. I think what people from the outside don't necessarily see is how much effort goes into each piece of content that you produce and how much brain space and just how much of you it sort of consumes. It really does. Um, yeah, the the content treadmill, hamster wheel, whatever you want to call it, like it is real, um, especially when the internet is just so like, go, go, go. Like it has to be quick, it has to be instant. Um, as soon as like, one thing is posted, you, you're you already like onto the next. Like there's there's very little like breathing room um, or like time for reflection, time to, um, I always call it like input and output mode. So like I have been in output mode for 12 years, especially around like the, the topic of sex and relationships as well. And um, there's very little room for input and taking that time for input is often like what makes the content better but it also is what keeps you passionate and engaged in the subject matter or in in what you're doing and I've always like had like over the years I've had like quite a good like input output balance but to be honest that just completely shifted when I had my baby and like I took maternity leave and then I went back to work part-time and it was just something that I could not <laughs> do. Um, and I was like, do you know what? That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. And actually it, it gets to a point where you can only be in output mode for so long when you're not getting any input and then you, you, you're done. That's it. And the only way to really like replenish that is I, I had to stop the output. I was like, I can't, I actually can't manage this unless I drastically change my like work-life balance and childcare arrangements and all of that. But actually I really like where that is at. Like that part of my life feels really good. Um, so yeah, there's lots of other factors involved in the decision, but this, this constant like grappling with input and output has always been like a key part of my whole journey on YouTube and crisis that I've had over the years <laughs> and it just came to a head recently yeah so what what were your sort of what was your work looking like and what were your working days looking like around the time that you were making the decision to step back oh interesting so I made the decision around the summer and interestingly the summer months were when we um changed up our childcare hours. So previously I was working three days a week and then um, my son started going in four days a week. So I had this extra day. Um, but before I started working four days a week, I took a whole month of like having that extra day to myself. Um, and it was like a lot of the breathing room that I got around that time just to do things for myself, do life admin, like catch up on things that are just like, been pushed down and down the list um and then also it just like gave me the time to think and just you know figure out like what are my priorities right now what are my goals right now what is what is bringing me joy what is making me happy um what is challenging me um and what is just what is you know draining me 
in a non like fun challenging way like the, the challenge is actually just really painful and not fun at all because yeah. um, you know there's good challenges and there's bad challenges um so yeah my day-to-day around that time was uh interesting because I had those days off as well to kind of do all of my like thinking yeah it's a bit like what happened to so many people during the pandemic is like mm. taking a bit of space I know for me and for loads of people made us really evaluate our relationship with our work and our careers specifically. Um, I I think just a little bit of perspective can make a huge difference to the way that you think about things. Yeah. And it was the first time since having my son that I had taken time for myself. And, you know, like the, the content treadmill and the internet hamster wheel is one thing where you're just like, and we go again and here we go again and like there's no breathing room but then you add like a baby <laughs> into the mix and it's just like so you're in survival mode um and that summer when I when things really started to feel like desperate like something has to change like I hadn't made the decision about what I was gonna do like if I was going to quit, what I was going to quit, like no decisions were made. It was just this feeling of like dread and like something has to change. Like what is, what is happening right now is not working. Um, and yeah, it took a lot of self-reflection, a lot of like talking it out with friends and family. I got a career coach, like (laughs) journaling, a lot of journaling, um, to really try and like hone in on what I think would best help me moving forwards. Yeah. And what were the signs for somebody else, say, who's having one of these moments in their career where they're not sure whether it's right for them? Like, what were the signs for you that something needed to change? What should they look for? I was dreading work. I was feeling a bit like bored and uninspired and unmotivated by it. That like spark wasn't really there or occasionally it would show its face but that just made it even more obvious to me because I was like I can still feel it I can still feel that spark but it's at these things and not these things and it's only there a few times it's and I by being able to like tune into it every so often it meant that I could really feel its absence um most of the time just like time I just didn't have a lot of time and I enjoy my structure that I've built around my working hours so I was like I don't want to increase my work hours that's one of the joys of like working for yourself is like getting to set your own hours but then the you know the payoff for that is that (laughs) you know you you know if you're working less then other things might suffer and so it's kind of like balancing all of those things out another sign was that um like in terms of like a metrics thing in terms of the business like views were down and and um like podcast downloads were down since I came back from mat leave and uh you know subsequent to that income was down and so there was also like this practical decision of like yeah something's really not working and this isn't sustainable (laughs) yeah 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 um and part of that I think is just like getting punished for taking a three-month break um I would have liked to have taken more but that was the maximum amount I felt that I could like be away from the internet without like the algorithms punishing me. So it's like partly that, but I don't want to like completely not blame myself (laughs) and be like, it was the algorithms. (laughs) But also because when I came back to work part-time and I was, you know, I had a three month old, (laughs) 
<laughs> and I was like, again, in that output mode, but having less time, like actual time, but then also just like less mental energy for it all. Like the content suffered because of that. And my engagement with the content suffered. And no one's said this to me, like, like on my team or like in like people who have watched or listened to any of the stuff during that time. But I feel like maybe if I'm not able to be as present in the making of it, then that maybe comes across in the actual content itself. And so people might feel that, the audience might feel that disconnect. No one's said that to me, but that's like an assumption, which yes, a theory, a working theory, um, that would also mean that, you know, the content would suffer in that sense as well, because you can see that the person making it isn't like there. Something's happening behind the (laughs) eyes (laughs) or nothing is happening behind the eyes. so there was, there was, yeah, these practical things. Um, and then the other signs. Here's the, here's the thing about signs. I think one of the biggest signs to me is that I was looking for signs. So I found myself searching out for stories of other creators who had quit or who had stepped away or had taken a sabbatical or a long break or whatever. I was like, hunting down these narratives. Um, and the fact that I was searching for them is a sign. Yeah. <laughs> or or anytime <laughs> one just came across my feed over the internet or like just, you know, grabbed my attention, the fact that it would grab my attention or the fact that my eyes were like, oh, hang on, what's this? Um, that to me was a sign as well. Like I don't believe in signs in the sense of like, the universe sending me signs. For me, the signs is all about tuning into what am I paying attention to? What am I seeking out? And is there something to be learned from <laughs> from that? Because that's my subconscious just like yeah. reaching for these things out of desperation. Yeah. It's really interesting, isn't it? And it is um so watching you make that decision to take to step back for three months was really interesting for me as something mm. that I was considering doing in the future. And mm. um and I do think that there's something like brutal and punitive about this industry that we work in specifically yeah. and uniquely um, in that maybe it is true that like that, that you disengaging slightly resonated somehow. And, but my bet is that the majority of it is just that uh, it doesn't pay for the companies that we <laughs> essentially work <laughs> for, <laughs> for you to disappear for three months. And yeah. yeah, I don't know what the solution is there, but I'm sure that there are lots of people and will be increasing numbers of creators in a similar boat and feeling a similar way. It's tricky as well, because yeah, you're right. It's something specific to this industry because in other industries, that's kind of like the norm, like an artist will go away for like three years and like work on an album and then like put out that album and then they'll retreat again and work on the next one. Um, or, you know, films and TV shows and, and, and all of that work on a different kind of schedule, which is not really available to the vast majority of online content creators. Yeah, completely. So the the decision you made to step back, how did you make it? I'm intrigued by the career coach, like who was around you and and how did you, big decision, how did you make it? Yeah, a lot of things. And it was uh, time consuming. So I kind of treated it as like a full-time job. I was like, 
I know something needs to change. I need to figure out what. Because for years, it's been like, oh, like I want to do something different or like, oh, I wish I could just like step away from this. And then I never do and I never follow through and, and all of that. But this time I was like, no, this is serious. Like I will not rest until I have found the answers. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, I kind of just went to all of the tools that I had at my disposal. So talking to friends and family, any chance that anyone would be a sounding board for me let me rant and ramble at them I just would be like, <laughs> like this is what's going on and that can just help you formulate how you feel you never know you might get an interesting nugget back from them that makes you think a certain way mm. or realize a certain thing but that is hugely valuable um then they were yeah there was this career coach who I was paying to word vomit onto <laughs> Um, but the really amazing thing about having those sessions was, um, kind of the things that she was able to offer in terms of like exercises or like things to think about and like reframing of certain things and like the questions that she was asking that like made me like answer the answer it myself. I don't know. Like, um, one of the things that she made me do was um, fill out this like Google Sheets template um, that we called like a project evaluation grid. And so it had a list of all of my projects, current and potential future ones. So it would be like the Hannah Witten YouTube channel, the More Hannah channel, Doing It podcast, the newsletter, the Patreon. And it might even got more specific than that as well, because it was like, the podcast in its old format and the podcast in its new format. And then like, you know, uh, kind of more basic Hannah Witten videos. And then the more ambitious ones were kind of like two separate projects, all of the projects. <laughs> and then it was about ranking them. So like through my sessions with her, she, you know, she's like, what are the things about work that you really like? What are the things that are frustrating? And so we ended up having this like criteria of things that I, needed out of work and things that were like not great um so it's like the costs and the benefits of things so for me like it money and time is obviously like factors in it but then it was things like personal development and learning like fun and collaboration having a sense of ownership over things uh I think in the costs one there was like one category that was just like hassle or faff <laughs> which is because you know this was just for me so it was just like as long as it made sense to me it was like fine I was like oh like that would be fine but it's just, oh, it's just a bit of a faff in it and even like even the fact that I was like thinking of things that would be cool as like a complete faff shows my mindset yeah at that time so yeah so I like ranked everything scored everything and then it like you know, gave me the final results. And it was really interesting seeing the ranking of like, <laughs> of everything. It was like, oh, that is not fun for me anymore. Yeah. Like, that is really far down the rankings. That's really high up. That's really interesting. Okay, so that's kind of like ticking my boxes. Um, yeah, so that was one of the things that was really hmm, to me. 
Since I saw that on your YouTube video at the weekend, I've gone away and done it for my yes. business and all of the different things. She's an doing. influencer. No. <laughs> She's an influencer. Um, it's really interesting because it's not what I expected. Like the things that I expected to come out on top weren't on top. Lots more investment, I think. I think yeah. part of it is that if you're really enjoying something, you don't necessarily realize how much you are time, energy, and faff. Faff is definitely yeah. a big one for me. You're investing into it. <laughs> Yeah, but maybe one of your like benefits is like a certain je ne sais quoi, you know? Yeah, faff like, versus je ne sais quoi, the, I like it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because um, it's, yeah, it can be hard to like pinpoint what it is exactly that is really um, satisfying about a certain kind of work or project that like keeps you going and keeps you motivated or on the other side of it doesn't uh do that but yeah Yeah. you you know if you're just doing it for yourself and you're like I know I might be able to explain this to somebody else but like I know what I mean (laughs) and this is an interesting exercise for anybody in like a more traditional job um with an employer like it's probably a useful thing to do in order to be able to communicate to colleagues managers etc where you're at with your job um I just really like it as an exercise yeah me too another one that came up I learned about from a newsletter that I never ended up doing because it was too much of a faff although I did it for I did it for a little bit um and then it it became really obvious to me the results and so I just stopped but it was like for every task that I was doing and like how I was um filling up my day it was ranking each thing out of 10 in terms of pleasure and sense of achievement so you kind of like need a nice balance of those two things in order to kind of, you know, not get burnt out. Like you need that sense of achievement, which isn't just like productivity or whatever. Like, the, But there is like that achievement there means that there was some challenge or there was like a good motivation or like there was, you know, there's something going on there. And then pleasure is just like, did you like it? Yeah. <laughs> like, did you have fun? Was that fun for you? Um, Did it feel nice or whatever? Yeah. And I started ranking everything that I was doing out of 10 for each of those categories uh and it was just real low for all of them and I was just like okay cool 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 good to know <laughs> that's definitely that's definitely a sign isn't it yeah that's a sign that's definite sign there was also lots of crying that's a sign <laughs> definitely oh my god definitely definitely that's that's always been the sign for me when I've been moving on from a job yeah um yeah so how did you once you'd made the decision that was months ago like how yeah. have you been preparing for the change ah so yeah once I'd made the decision internally it wasn't even like I'd made the decision myself it felt like the decision was made for me so with all of the like all these different exercises I was doing coaching journaling all of this stuff I remember like having this day where I was like I need to sit down and kind of like uh consolidate what I've learned I need to just like all of this information that I've been gathering. I was in I was in information gathering mode of like, I need answers. Like, where am I going to go to get them? And I was like, okay, what have I learned? And I just like really clearly was like wrote out these bullet points. And it was just like, I think I might need to do this. I think this is, you know, like, I think this, I think. I, um, <laughs> and so it was like the answer of what I had to do kind of just like came to me. And so it was like sitting with that list. I think I remember like saying to my husband, I was like, I think this is what I need to do. And I'm just being like, mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, he'd known for ages. <laughs> well, I think, you know, he's just been there throughout all of my just like, ah. 
um I think whatever conclusion I'd come to he'd been like yeah it makes sense um but yeah so it was like sitting with that for a while and kind of like just saying to people like friends and colleagues of just like I think this I think I need to do this <laughs> like I think this is the thing um and just kind of sitting with it and seeing how that felt it, it and it just it just got more solid it just became clearer and clearer like I what I, I didn't kind of like feel confused anymore like it was just like oh this is this is now what's happening um but I sat with it for a good five, six weeks before I told my team um, because that was then making it real. <laughs> yeah. Um, because obviously the decision like impacts their jobs. Um, but there was, I was going on holiday. My producer was going on holiday. It just happened to happen in the same week. And originally, oh my God, so glad I didn't do this. Originally I was like, gonna tell them before I was like I just need to we just need to and then I I had a chat with two of my friends who were also in this biz and they were like no <laughs> let her have her holiday <laughs> and then you know you can get back from the holiday do the catch-ups and like tell them then I was like smart 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 so it's like it's like one of these things where like the big decision I I managed to come to and then all of these like micro decisions of like how I tell people and when and like that then all just kind of like fell into place with the help of lots of people um yeah and then again like the way that I'm leaving that channel and the podcast as well um also came the same two friends they were like well you need to celebrate it right like why don't you do like this big because because at that at that point I was like okay I know what the decision is how do I tell my team? How do I tell my patrons? How do I tell then the general audience? And they were just like, have a party. <laughs> and so I'm having like a, yeah, a virtual party with all of the different like fun videos and stuff that I'm making this month. Um, yeah, it's, <laughs> that's kind of It must how. be, what's the response been like? I'm intrigued from your audience. Oh my God, amazing. Oh, every step of the way, every kind of like, okay, now I need to tell these people. Now I need to tell these people. Um, I've been really nervous, but it's just been amazing. Like everyone has been so kind. And yeah, the response has just made me realize like, oh yeah, this is totally the right decision. And everyone can see that it's the right decision. That must be really validating as well. Um, having that reflected back at you. Yeah, there's, there's a part of it that's very intentional there though, because like I... Yeah, I was very clear about the tone that I was taking and in the way that I shared the news, which is like, this is good news. I'm feeling great. Um, and so people then, you know, you're kind of like telling them yeah. this is how you should respond. This yeah, is the yeah, appropriate yeah. response. Um, and everyone, yeah, everyone has responded very well. But I did kind of guide, <laughs> guide the response. It. Yeah, exactly. Um and I've seen people say, and I agree that the the fact that you're sticking around with the more Hannah channel and stuff is just lovely. It's really like it's such a valuable resource. Yeah, the the fans of that channel are definitely very glad that that's staying. And yeah, <laughs> me too. <laughs> Good. Hi guys, it's me, Jess, just dropping in to tell you about my book, Worried Whippet, A Book of Bravery. It's a beautiful hardback gift book that inspires you to take a cue from one anxious little dog, muster up your courage and step out into the world with hope. 
The drawings are gorgeous and it makes a great gift for adults, children, dog lovers, anyone struggling with anxiety. Plus, it's only $10.99, which is frankly a steal. One lovely person just bought 25 and got all their Christmas gifts done at once. You can get it from Amazon, Waterstones, or my favorite, your local independent bookshop. You're listening to Brave Little Podcast with me, Jess Bolton. So I'm really interested to know the answer to this question, which is how, because your identity has been so much about sex and relationships for such a long time. Like it's very much at the core of how you, I mean, of your career, but how you've presented yourself and, and your identity online. How does it feel like moving away from that? Yeah, I thought it would kind of trigger an identity crisis (laughs) (laughs) um it has in the sense that I don't know what to call myself in a professional context you know when you need to give people your bios or you're like you're like Hannah Witten (laughs) like just being like sex educator and content creator is so easy and I kind of don't want it just to be content creator because that's so like unspecific that doesn't really actually give you any information um so trying to figure that out but I'm not really in a huge rush so (laughs) um we'll see so that's kind of tricky just in a practical sense um in terms of you know just being able to present myself professionally in in various different contexts but interestingly I mentioned about like being confused about the identity thing of like being known as the sex one and like now moving away from that. But there were a hefty amount of comments that were like, I don't really see you as the sex one. Like, and it was more about my, like my personality. And it wasn't about like specifically the subject matters that I covered. It was like how I covered them, which was really interesting to hear that feedback from people, but was also again, like really I don't know it's like partly validating in this decision but partly like oh could I have moved away from this years ago (laughs) like what have I been doing um but like as in the vibe being very just kind of like nerdy playful curious and that kind of being something that I bring to everything that I do um you know even with my spreadsheets of figuring out (laughs) if I should quit or not um but that, that was really interesting hearing that response. I honestly like wasn't expecting it. I think we can so, get so in our heads about like how we're perceived and what we think our brand is. And then we get it wrong. Like other people are like, no, I see you in this way. Yeah. There's something again, like really liberating about that in a way. Yeah. It, it does give me this freedom to kind of pursue whatever it is that I am going to do next and, you know, as, as long as I'm still doing it in the way that I've always done everything in this like nerdy, playful, curious kind of way, then, um, yeah, then I think I'm going to be okay. <laughs> yeah. People are going to come with you. I'm coming with you. <laughs> yeah. Oh, thank you. Um, it's an interesting one because people talk about like personality led YouTube channels or Instagrams or, or whatever it is versus like topic led and despite kind of splitting off my YouTube channels in 2019, where I was like, this is the sex and relationships YouTube channel, and then this is the lifestyle YouTube channel, the the personality is still very much there. Like I've always had a personality-led channel. And it's, yeah, the interesting thing to me is that I feel like 
having been on YouTube so long, there's always been different kinds of like business advice in terms of like, how do you grow a YouTube channel? How do you grow a sustainable YouTube channel? And a lot of the advice is like, pick your niche and then like, you know, do your niche and then you've got your topic and then people will like come for that. And then the other side of the advice is like, have a great personality (laughs) and then people will come for the personality and then you can do whatever you want. (laughs) And then, um, because they're like there for you. And I've always kind of dismissed that advice um, because it, I don't know, there's a part of it that feels kind of parasocial to me that I'm a bit like, oh, is that really like the best thing to like build a whole business model on? Um, but it's interesting seeing actually the fruits of just happening to grow a personality based business, even if there was like, you know, there are specific topics in it. It's benefiting me now, I guess. It's like, oh, that kind of, that, that actually worked, even though it wasn't like, that wasn't my intention from the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny how it works out. And what, where are you going next? What do you know about where you're going next? <sighs> oh, I, I have a vague idea. So the more Hannah channel is staying, I just find that channel really fun. And I love talking about like fashion and books and, you know, like, like you said, the behind the scenes of like work and, um, parenting stuff, of course, in there as well. So that's staying, not really a huge amount is changing with that. But um, the thing that I really value about that channel is that it it feels like a, a side project and a like behind the scenes look at whatever it is that I'm mainly doing. And so I don't want it to then become my main thing because then that would like put pressure on it. Yeah. <laughs> um. So I'm in the new year, I'm going to start exploring kind of doing what I've done for myself for the past 12 years for other creators in terms of like project management, maybe some like consulting, mentoring, producing, um, all of that kind of stuff. But I think what I'm really excited to like bring to that space and to other creators is more of a like holistic look at people's entire lives like I think there's a lot of um gurus (laughs) or whatever out there um where it kind of leans a bit more into productivity hustle culture and as much as I love me productivity I think the thing that has really helped me over the years in terms of not burning out finding a balance making decisions that feel right for me has been taking into consideration everything, not just like what is going to make the business grow, but like, how does that impact my home life? How does that impact my health? How does like physical and mental, like, um, what about, you know, my relationships and friendships and like, yeah, just look, looking at the, the bigger picture, um, in terms of creators lives and work and boundaries and things like that. I, I I'm always, a big advocate for like whenever I hear like creators are like oh I I I am in my dms for like two hours a day like replying to people I'm like stop what are you doing <laughs> oh no it's me <laughs> St- Jess no are you okay I think so um, okay okay I don't know. you know <laughs> it depends every no, time I, I think- talk to a creator about it it's like in a complaining mode of like, this takes up so much time. Yeah. And yeah. I think I do it. Um, I'm not at the moment 
uh, in control of my days. So like I started doing this full time a year ago and the most joyful aspect of it for me has been being able to wake up and do whatever I want to do on that day. Just like lean into the whims of it all. And that's oh, great. The flip that's side so fun is- at the beginning as well, because I haven't had that in years. Like my days are like so scheduled yeah. in terms of like <laughs> getting everything done. Yeah. Yeah. And I really, I value that and it works much better for my brain. Like I've got ADHD and I was struggling mm. in work environments where I was working to other people's schedules. So yeah. that's like the total joy of it for me. But then the struggle is that I am not not in control of my day. I'm not steering really. <laughs> so like yeah, I yeah, do yeah. things like I wake up and spend an hour in my DMs in the morning before I've like sat down at my desk and that's probably not great. So yeah, I need to find a middle path and I'm sure that it will sort of emerge at some point. But yeah, I'm just enjoying yeah. the chaos for the moment. Exactly. And like you can't force anything um, if it's going to be like, going against like what feels right and uh, normal for you because that's not going to stick like that's not going to be a habit that you'll be able to that will last like long term so yeah thing things emerge you can make like small tweaks here and there yeah yeah because I haven't got to the point yet where this feels like a job like my jobs have always felt <laughs> like jobs and I know that like one day <laughs> I will get there but I'm just trying to stave it off for as long as possible oh my god yeah no it definitely like if you're a year in and you're still feeling like that amazing really okay yes I have no benchmark yeah. so <laughs> that's, that's really the thing there are, there are no benchmarks for these things I don't know when I started thinking more like it was a job I definitely like in the first couple of years of doing it full time, it was still, there was a lot of like, just waking up and like seeing what the mood took me. Like I used to like wake up, have an idea for a video, film it, edit it and upload it all in one day. Like, oh my God, (laughs) those were the days. I could never now, I could never. Um, Yeah, it's it's exciting. It's so exciting. exciting. Yeah. So for somebody listening to this, who's in the position that I was in 12 months ago, or that you were Mm. in six months ago, where you're not happy in your job, and you know something needs to change, but you're not sure what or how, like, what advice would you give that person? Oh, go on a quest. (laughs) (laughs) Go on an adventure. Um, Journal in whatever way that, you know, feels... (laughs) doable for you for me it was like not even writing things out it was like on my phone in the notes app kind of thing (laughs) um talk to people um you know use as many friendly faces as possible who can be a sounding board for you maybe not your boss (laughs) yet (laughs) and and look for those signs and by signs it's like what are you actually paying attention to? What are you being drawn towards? It's not things that are necessarily like coming at you. It's like where you, where your eyes and your brain are like going, like paying attention to to that kind of stuff. Get yourself a financial buffer yeah. in case it comes to a situation where you're just like, I just gotta go now, um, you know. You know, you don't have to have it all figured out, but if you can have financial stability throughout a massive change, that's uh, a good situation to be in. Always a bonus, definitely. Mm-hmm. And I think it's really 
admirable and brave to uh to be feeling out the next step as you go along like you've got some stuff figured out you've got some question marks and that is a nice way to look at what's happening next yeah you don't have to have all of the answers immediately I've got no idea what like this next stage of my career is going to look like I'm really excited to be in the kind of like explorey mode um but again that's a huge privilege because I have the financial stability that I don't have to like immediately jump into like paid work that's going to going to replace everything that I've said goodbye to basically it's like it's um I have the luxury of like having a couple of months to like figure it out and like let things sort of like build naturally yeah completely so for people who want to find you out there on the internet and maybe support you how could they do that where should they look yeah, so More Hannah is the YouTube channel. Gonna keep the name, More Hannah. Yeah, love it. <laughs> um, that's kind of where you can find like vlogs and lifestyle content um, if that's what you're into. And then there's my Instagram. Um, and those are gonna kind of be the main places that I'm gonna be for now. Oh, wait, my newsletter, Between the Sheets. Mm-hmm. That name is staying as well. so that's like a month yeah that's a monthly newsletter with a lot of like um thoughts from me and and updates and stuff um and various other little bits and bobs um and then my patreon is kind of like one of the main places that i share things and hang out online like in the discord server and stuff and that's very much staying that's one of been kind of like a huge that was like a difficult one for me in terms of the decision-making process, I always thought that by getting rid of the sex and relationships content, that meant that I would have to like completely change the Patreon in some way. But patrons have been amazing and honestly really surprised me. I was just like, ah, this is this is gonna, like I don't want the Patreon to end because I love the Discord server and I love so much of the stuff there. But I was grappling with like, oh, but if I get rid of all of this content, like what value am I bringing to these people? And like, what are they paying for? And like, oh, like I was having a big panic about it. But then that's just, (laughs) that was like one of the big like mental things that I had to kind of like get over and realize the value that is there within the community and all of the other stuff that I do on the Patreon, um, that there is value in that. And actually making that realization was one of the things that I needed in order to then make the next steps. Cause I think that was one of the things that was holding me back um, of like, well, what's what's the point? Um, but patrons have been absolutely incredible. Like I honestly thought <laughs> I was doing financial forecasts and I thought a third of people would leave. That's what, that was what I like accounted for <laughs> when I was like planning, like, okay, how much money do I need to be earning? Like how much am I gonna lose by making this decision? But actually more people have joined. What the fuck? Really? <laughs> Yeah. oh my god I love that so much that makes me really happy and yeah. I can totally vouch for your Patreon I absolutely love oh, it oh thank you yeah it's it's wild and actually like a similar thing happened when I went on maternity leave yeah people were signing up to get no content <laughs> <laughs> because they like you and they want to support you and yeah yeah it's that thing again yeah. about the sort of personality led content yeah. that you never and even I'm, knew I'm you were making I'm so grateful for that because that's like eased so much of this transition um and I'm excited for like the new stuff for the patreon because we're going to do like a sex ed book club next year so like it it it's that it's, it's like fulfilling that like input 
like for me and like I'm still so interested in sex and relationships but I'm like done with it being my job to make content about it yeah Um, and I'm excited just to kind of get nerdy with our community and read some books yes (laughs) and I think I guess the last thing that I would point out which I think is correct is your channel is staying up isn't it with all of the sex and relationships content on it oh yeah a hundred percent which is yeah quite an extraordinary resource like you were one of the first people to be producing content like that and there is absolutely tons of it and it's hundreds of videos yeah um it's interesting it's sort of often academically led often whimsical and yeah if you're (laughs) interested in sex and relationships then incredible resource and it will all still be there it will thank you yeah thank you hannah it's been really lovely to chat to you yeah you too thank you if you want to keep up with Hannah, you can find her on Instagram at Hannah Witten. Her YouTube is more Hannah, and she has a newsletter called Between the Sheets, where she discusses decisions like this one as she makes them. I've also been a member of Hannah's Patreon for a few years now, and I love it. She's working on a book club for next year and has a thriving Discord server that's well worth being part of. This is the last episode of the season, and I have just loved making it. Thank you for listening and for your support and reviews. It's not too late to leave one, by the way. If you're going to miss me, then come and find me on Instagram at human.jess and of course on my dog's page, Worried Whip It. And a final question for you before I go. If you could hear me chat to anyone about anything in future seasons, who and what would it be? Let me know. Have a fab holiday season and keep an eye out for some new content in the new year. Over and out. <laughs>